Ever find yourself eating something, say, an apple, and wondering, how did cavemen figure out that this was so good? Well, basically trial and error. They'd eat an apple, and if they didn't keel over, they'd eat another. If one of them dropped dead after eating a lethal mushroom, though, the rest knew not to eat that again. And yet, even with evolution, humans still want to see whether some of those deadly foods can be tamed. There are chefs who can prepare some of the deadliest foods and make them edible. Pufferfish, for example. According to doctors, one fork full of ill-cooked pufferfish, and you've got about 17 minutes to live. So here's a question for you. In what country would you be most likely to be served pufferfish? They call it fugu there. It's a country that consumes an estimated 6% of the world's fish harvest. So lots of fish-crazy chefs. The answer to our geo-quiz is coming up in just a bit. I'm Marco Werman. This is The World. We're going to investigate delicacies now that might kill you if you don't get them cooked right, like pufferfish, a delicacy in Japan, which is the answer to our geo-quiz, but also elsewhere. Master Chef Greg Wallace knows how to whip up a batch of lethal pufferfish and make them non-lethal. He's a pretty busy guy, so we have to catch up with him on his commute. Let's give it a go. Hello. Hi, this is Marco Werman calling from the uh, World Program in Boston. Oh, hello, my friend. Are you ready to talk about pufferfish and uh, yeah. making yeah, deadly yeah, foods yeah. non-deadly? Yeah. So you did, in fact, serve pufferfish. Where did you get it, and how do you prepare it? Uh, I have no idea how you prepare it. I know we, we had to uh, have it properly prepared by a Japanese sushi chef, and uh, very rarely do you get it out of Japan. I know that certain organs have to be removed very carefully before you prep it. And I have to say, the puffer fish, I feel, is more of a texture than it, than it is a flavor. It's, it's got a fair bit of give on it. It's not like any other fish I've had. Perhaps a little bit like uncooked squid. Yeah. To add flavor to the proceedings, we held it in the, in the crypt of a church in the city of London. So it was eerie before you even walked in. Potentially the Last Supper, but it wasn't for anybody. I mean, you were doing this two nights this week as part of a charity event to encourage people to remember nonprofit organizations in their last wills. And serving people food that could potentially kill them was a way of grabbing attention, and it, and it certainly seemed to work. So tell me a bit more about some of the other dishes that were served that night, Greg. We definitely did go to town. We had the fruit from a nut in Indonesia, and the whole nut is poisonous. It's only the small fruit inside of it that's actually edible. And even then, it can prove deadly if you don't get it at the right stage of ripeness. We even had a chili that comes from India so strong that the Indian army powder it down and use it in bombs to disperse rioting crowds. We found a chef who'd previously worked at Michelin-style restaurants who said he would take the job on. That was the other problem we had, is no chef wanted to ruin their reputation by serving people food that, at best, was going to be OK, middling ground was going to make them ill, at worst, may kill them. And all the diners actually had to sign a legal document saying they wouldn't hold us responsible. <laughs> and still, we didn't have any problems at all filling the restaurant up. It was a fun evening. Do you know what was potentially very lethal was the amount of drinks that went to each table. <laughs> um, that's uh, quite extraordinary. So after having digested this menu, how are you feeling today? Uh, I'm, I feel absolutely fine. Actually, the, the worst thing is uh, the slight headache I've got because we had um, a snake wine which quite frankly tasted like vinegar, which was just atrocious, <laughs> but I felt obliged to taste. We had moonshine, <laughs> but this one was legal, made in Ireland from, amongst other things, potato peelings. And we, uh, we also had absinthe, 
which was uh, reportedly what Van Gogh was drinking before he went mad enough to cut his ear off. Yeah, so I gather there was plenty of that flying around as well as the food. <laughs> I gather a number of American GIs during World War II drank some uh, moonshine absinthe and uh, kind of died. Is that right? Then you know what we were up against, then, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It wasn't just the uh, mad foods on offer. It was the. Uh, it was the crazy alcohol the barmen were knocking up as well. Uh, it did make for a great night. I mean, I looked down at one stage. There were like six of us on the table. Uh, I think there were um, two half-eaten plates and about twenty-five half-drunk glasses. <laughs> <laughs> what about a poisonous dessert? Well, the dessert. I'm, I'm a big pudding fan, and that was probably my best dishes because they mostly resembled stuff that we would normally eat. I can't even remember anything bad in there. I think by now we were running out of ideas and we were sort of using unpasteurized milk and saying that could possibly be dangerous. <laughs> I think by then all the all the really dangerous stuff would go, but we still needed to give somebody something sweet. Master Chef Greg Wallace, thanks for speaking with us. Real pleasure, my friends. <laughs> Take it easy.